0: Hello, and welcome. You're listening to Real-Time Strategy, a bi-weekly podcast looking at gaming through the lens of PR professionals. As a quick disclaimer, we work with many companies across the gaming industry, such as Pokemon, Blizzard, Gearbox, and more that may come up on this podcast. If you want to see our client roster, you can visit triplepointpr.com. My name is Caitlin Redwing, and I am your host alongside my accomplice, Sam Mosher. How are you doing, Sam?
1: Hello. Happy to be back a little later than we usually are, but uh, what they say about the booster shot is no joke. It really will knock you out for a day. Um, so yeah. Caitlin, you and I should have coordinated. <laughs> we should all got out our boosters on the same day. That way the side effects were, you know, all lined up and but, you know, you live and you uh. learn.
0: We really should have. Yeah, this episode is coming out a week late because we were all sick for like the span, like a whole week, it felt like.
1: Yeah, all spread across different days.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Today, we are actually joined by someone new. Everyone, give it up for Brad, one of our wonderful colleagues and the creator of our own real time strategy logo. Welcome, Brad. Tell us, AKA the audience, a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure thing. Thanks, Caitlin. Really excited to be here. Um, yeah, I'm. my name is Brad DeRamon. I uh, am an account coordinator at Triple Point. I started in August of 2020, so I've been with the firm for a year and a few months now. Um, I work with um, CCP Games on EVE Online, uh, Gung Ho on a variety of titles. I also work with Blizzard on Diablo and Overwatch, and uh, Radiant Arc, a um, cloud infrastructure company that is working on a cloud gaming solution um, for telecommunications companies. That one's a little bit of a little bit longer, but it's uh, the intro is worth it. It's it's really cool. Um, enough about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, glad to be here. How y'all doing?
0: <laughs> We're good, Brad. I wish you had like given me the Radiant Arc spiel before this. We could have done a whole different topic for this podcast i like want to know more
2: i mean i can go into more later but <laughs> <laughs> we can't
0: maybe we'll find a spot for it yeah it's actually really interesting um brad and i like don't we don't work together on any accounts i mean we have blizzard but we're on like separate franchises um it's always interesting that we work with so many people that i don't like don't work with them
2: i don't i don't have an account technically i mean Aside from Blizzard, Caitlin, I don't have an account with either you or Sam, so.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you, and Brad and I also don't share any accounts, but in a way, we're kindred spirits because we joined Triple Point around the same time, yep. so I feel like Brad and I are like just two corners of the cloth cut apart from each other, and we'll eventually oh. be rejoined.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, summer 2020, rock on. Yeah. Class of
1: 2020.
0: S- <laughs> Class of 2020.
2: Yep
1: brad tell us about your gaming habits um what games do you, do you like what is your favorite game of all time
2: hmm favorite i i, I can't pick one i have to pick two Oh, but go ahead. <laughs> i am split between chrono trigger which i played on my ds Ooh. fantastic game fantastic port would highly recommend um and also my nintendo ds i love ghost trick um
1: Wow. Yeah. Nice.
2: Yeah.
0: What is what is Ghost Trick?
2: Ghost Trick is a um more or less it's like a, a, a puzzle game, but it's all built around like murder mystery and <gasps> more or less you control a ghost that like um messes around with the environment and like changes what happens and save people's lives. It's super cool.
0: This is that that ticked all my boxes. I like got goosebumps hearing you talk about this game i can't believe i haven't ever ever heard about it
2: it's also on mobile so if you want to try it out i i can't vouch for the mobile port i don't know what that's like but i would imagine touch controls work pretty well for the mechanics that worked on the ds so you know
0: it has a pretty good uh app rating on the app store
2: i'll have to check it out i never played
1: it on the ds but i remember i'm very fond of that era of gaming of specifically there were so many original ip on the ds that i think were really creative whether it was you know the professor Layton games or scribble knots i was just having a oh, conversation about <laughs> wow throwback yeah the, a lot of those games also somehow ended up on uh, ios as well but uh yeah i'll have
2: to check out ghost trick for sure would recommend yeah definitely
0: writing an idea down for us to talk about DS games
1: <laughs> nice.
0: in the future because I would love to talk about DS games I, I still have my 3DS I should charge it because I miss playing on it well great thank you for joining us Brad Um on this episode we will talk about the game awards I know this is coming out a couple weeks after but this is our episode after the game awards so we'll talk about that um, and then talk about what we're looking forward to in 2022, what we think maybe the industry will look like moving forward. And yeah, just have a good conversation. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's start off with the Game Awards. I It was back in person this year, which was exciting. I know um, none of us on this podcast were personally there, but we did have a few colleagues that they got to go and they were really excited about that. So... Unfortunately, they're not on today, but maybe they'll be able to talk about it in the future. And I don't know. It made me excited for in-person events. I know we're still living with COVID and the pandemic, but I miss people.
1: Yeah, they got to see the Elden Ring pot in person, yeah. uh, <laughs> which if the minute I saw that on stage, I went into our We had a, a, a work Slack um, thread going and I was like, wow, I'm so jealous. Y'all get to see the pot <laughs> in person.
2: Celebrity the sighting. The pot
0: was yeah. celebrity <laughs> sighting, which shout out to our friends over at Waypoint. They were actually the ones who created that. Um, oh,
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah, they are a very talented group of people who if you can think of it, they can make it. Um but yeah, I guess we can start about what maybe what your favorite parts about the the game awards were, anything that surprised you, um maybe anything you'd like to see differently in the future. Uh Brad, you are our guest of honor. Do you want to kick us off?
2: Sure, yeah, I can. Um there were a couple games that I uh, was pretty impressed with, honestly. Um, I mean, there are plenty of new reveals, um, but I always feel like at big shows like that, there are games that were announced months or sometimes years ago that mm-hmm. I don't know that much about, and then they show gameplay, and I'm like, when can I buy that? <laughs> 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 so there, there are a few of those that popped up. Um I had never really heard of Evil West before, but that yes. game looks very up my alley. Um, I know that you know superhero games are kind of having their moment right now with um, Avengers and Guardians and um, Spider Man, which I still need to play, but I, that would require owning a PlayStation. Um, oh, not that no. lucky. <laughs> but i i I was really uh, I was really digging the Suicide Squad gameplay too. Um, it just yeah. That looks like a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, I like I the Batman Arkham games. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think it makes sense for me to be jabbing with that. But how about y'all?
1: I wrote that I wrote that one down. I missed the announcement, I guess, WB had confirmed beforehand that they were going to show gameplay. Uh, so I was, I was pleasantly surprised when Amanda Waller uh, showed up and
2: yes. <laughs> gave
1: her spiel. Thought that was a fun little in-person thing. Uh, but, yeah, the game reminds me of, do you guys remember Insomniac Sunset Overdrive? uh like kind of like pop punk hot topic uh energy a lot of fluid movement (laughs) pretty vibrant colorful city uh i'm into it as well
0: yeah i i feel like i need to break out my hot topic emo punk (laughs) phase that i know i still have got i have some things lingering in storage (laughs) uh but i agree i i'm really excited for that game um I did have a question. So this was actually one of the first years where I think I wasn't that invested in who won Game of the Year, mostly because I didn't play any of them. Well, I, okay, so we've got Deathloop, It Takes Two, which It Takes Two one, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts, Two, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, and then Resident Evil Village. Out of all those, I've only played a little bit of Metroid Dread, which I did like but I've been sucked into Halo. Um, wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that.
1: I was surprised that It Takes Two one, not because I don't think it's not deserving. Uh, I have played Ratchet and Clank and It Takes Two to completion. I've dabbled in Metroid Dread and Deathloop, really want to get back to and beat them. Too much of a wimp for Resident Evil 8 Village, <laughs> and I've not gotten around to Psychonauts 2 yet. So with all that being said, uh, I just, I don't know why. I think the Game Awards have con- consistently proven this differently. Maybe last year, not so much with The Last of Us Part II, although I think that game was deserving. But like two years ago, I think a lot of people were surprised when Sekiro won, which is not necessarily like the most crowd-pleasing mainstream game, you know, it's pretty famous for being quite difficult. And in a different way, It Takes Two a similar in that it's like, it's not you know, the the biggest mainstream hit on that list. It's a cooperative game, you need somebody else to play it with. It's part puzzle platformer, part weird, uh rom com, to quote uh <laughs> creator Joseph Ferris. Uh so I think it was kind of neat to see a more smaller uh game with a very clear creative vision uh win game of the year, even though I would not have predicted it going in.
0: Yeah. I actually of uh, my I had two points for it, um, that I noted down that I was like, oh, I want to talk about this. One of them was that I was surprised, but delighted that it takes two one. I I think, I like that it's kind of broken the mold, which it's not the first game to do that. You noted Sekiro a couple years ago, but how the most popular and mainstream game doesn't necessarily always mean like they're going to win game of the year. Um I want to say that it feels differently than compared to something like the Oscars, which does feel like you've got like those Oscar baity movies. I would say even though The Last of Us 2, I definitely it's like my, one of my favorite games ever. That would be a game that I'd be like, yeah, that's like if it was a movie, that would be an Oscar baity like movie. Does <laughs> that make sense? Um, but yeah, I I'm happy for it takes 2. The one game that I wish had been on that list is Forza Horizon 5. Same. I'm waiting for the racing games to get their due. I felt like this was the one game to actually do it. And it's... um, I think it's like... What is it? Yeah. I think it's one of the most highly rated new games of last year. It's got like over a 90 um, average score from critics. So... That one, I was a little shocked, wasn't nominated.
1: Brad, did you have a game you were rooting for for Game of the Year?
2: I was, uh, I haven't played it yet, and I'm mad at myself for not having played it yet, but I was rooting for Psychonauts too. I am, um, I'm a really big fan of the original Psychonauts. I have a bunch of the, uh, camper patches as pins Mm -hmm. that I put on my my coats, which is, yeah, a big pin guy, but, um... I was really rooting for... Yeah, I was really rooting for them. I'm fond of the Double Fine team and their work. Um, I... uh, Yeah, back even to like Grim Fandango and stuff. So, um, you know, I... uh, I was hoping that they would would bring the win in. You know, it would have been pretty... Pretty impressive, you know, given that... Psychonauts 2 wasn't, you know... Or or Psychonauts, like the original one... You know, it, it has a pretty important place... In the industry now in terms of like history and in that era but it, I don't think it was you know it was I don't think it was like flying off the shelves like um you know like a Call of Duty or a Mario game when it came out so it's really just the fact that it's nominated for game of the year I think is just such a huge accomplishment for that team um and I hope that whatever their next game is you know they win so
1: yeah, I like what what Tim Schafer and the team does there, Double Fine, is wholly unique, and I think there isn't a, another studio like it, one that seems to dabble in a new genre with almost every title, and all of them just come across with a very... You know special tone and some of the best writing out of any studio in gaming so I agree with you that I hope I hope they're they're due for recognition Uh, you know not that they didn't get it with Psychonatsu but I hope they get they come home with the big trophy next time.
2: (laughs) Fingers crossed.
0: (laughs) I I didn't play that but I did see that it was on Game Pass and I think I downloaded it. I'm pretty sure I did.
1: It is on Game Pass both that and the first one.
0: Oh, okay. Which I didn't play the first one. I have a problem of not playing games and replaying <laughs> games. Like, okay, this weekend, Sam and I, we were we were just talking about what we did this weekend. Other than grocery shop, I played The Last of Us 2. again. <laughs> I'm playing through it on hard. And I'm like, I'm on Abby in like Seattle day two. So I'm like, oh, I'm almost to the end. But yeah, that's what I do instead of playing new games. I'm in the middle of like the Halo campaign and I decided to play The Last of Us again.
2: <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with playing the games you like, you know? I know. And there are so many games out there, you know? I, Yeah, I have too much that I want to play and then I don't have time, but um, that's okay.
0: Are you guys playing any other games right now?
2: I uh, just got into Sonic Colors Ultimate. I had pre-ordered it. So I've had it for a while and I just hadn't started it yet. So I'm a big Sonic fan. I skipped that one when it was out on Wii. I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but those games are always, I don't know. It's one of those like nostalgia games that I'll just always enjoy. So it's nice to take a little trip down memory lane there. Are you finding that Sonic Colors Ultimate uh, lives up to its reputation
1: as being one of the better 3D Sonic games of the last like decade or so?
2: Yes, yes. I would say so. Now, the last Sonic game I played before this was Generations, Mm. which I only played in, I think, May or June, because I also hadn't played that game through to completion before. So, you know, a little hard to... I mean, Sonic, Sonic Generations is by far the best 3D Sonic game I've ever played, but... Um,
0: You mean not Sonic Adventure 2? I'm just
2: kidding. You know, I have a soft spot for Sonic Adventure 2, but I also have um, bad memories of my brother sending away chows in the chow garden because we (laughs) rented it from Blockbuster, (laughs) and he thought that games were saved on the disc and not on the... Oh, no. So he's like, they're going to be gone anyway. I'm like, no, my chow. So uh, shout out, Alex. Um, Don't mean to drag (laughs) you on the pod, but... (laughs) i'm still sad
0: (laughs) i think this is the second this is now our we're only on episode three and this is the second episode that sonic adventures 2 has come up (laughs) because i can't help but bring it up uh it's the chow
1: garden lives on in all of us
0: i oh i think that was one of my game awards um hopes i was like can the new sonic game just be a chow garden game (laughs)
1: I wanted to ask, like you bring it up, Brad. What are your from a Sonic fan himself? I wanted to get your thoughts on Sonic Frontiers.
2: I am very, very excited for Sonic Frontiers. Um, The idea of an open zone Sonic game, because that's that's the language they're using instead of open world, Um, just really interesting to me. Because I think with three D Sonic games of past, like Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure Two there was a little bit more of like a world exploration sort of deal. At least there was like a main hub that, you know, characters could run around in. Um, So the idea of it being open world is really interesting to me. I don't know how they're going to do it because Sonic games are just, they're about going fast and like, (laughs) you know, trying to beat your time. And it's a little bit arcadey still, and this is completely different from that. So... I, I'm yeah. I'm excited to see what Team Sonic's gonna gonna pull together. I uh, I'm gonna buy it and play it no matter what, <laughs> but I hope it's uh I hope it's something I don't expect. And I think it already is, so.
0: Yeah, it that definitely wasn't what I was expecting. But uh I'm not some huge Sonic fanatic, so I'll be happy with anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and it looked it looked exciting to me, so I will definitely be picking that one up. Um, what else? What other premieres at the Game Awards did you guys were surprised to see or just didn't have, had no idea was going to come out?
1: Brad nailed a lot of the ones I was impressed by. Mm-hmm. I love seeing gameplay, so the, you know, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League thing was a pleasant surprise. Cuphead's DLC. Yeah is real um it is real you know (laughs) it's coming out on june 30th which a little you know it's still a ways away but i'm happy we at least have a date to look forward to i am a huge fan of the original cuphead i think it's one of the best games best indie games probably ever in my opinion just phenomenal art style music uh boss design even if it is really hard so i'm excited to get challenged again uh with a new island
2: Definitely agree with you, Sam. Like one of the one of the best it needs to come around and you know, people like hard games. Like, you know, that's why there's so many Souls likes and <laughs> why Sekiro won Game of the Year and why everyone was talking about Returnal nonstop when it came out. So good game. Oh god another good game. such a good
0: game. We're all um, just masochists.
1: <laughs> While we're talking about like just the game awards and the cuphead reveal itself, I also think Studio MDHR did a good job of making themselves stand out from the rest of the announcements Not just in the trailer itself, which was very cute and had their kind of claymation style Vignettes between gameplay, but it was opened up by like a live uh, vocal jazz band Mm -hmm. uh, Which was just so much fun and the minute I saw like, the curtain, I was like, Cuffins here! (laughs) Uh, So, talk about, like, what a great job of fusing, like, the live performance aspect of the Game Awards with what everybody really tunes into the shows to watch, which are the reveals.
0: Yeah. I can't even, like, think of some of the big reveals... I have such a short attention span.
1: <laughs> I have a list of the other big ones. We, uh, The developers of the Shadow of Mordor games is making a mm-hmm. Wonder Woman title. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that one had me very excited. Yes. I'm yeah. looking forward to that.
2: I'm definitely intrigued by that one, too. And, you know, I think there, there, there are a lot of, um, you know, established IPs or Hollywood sort of series that are, you know, Jumping it in games wise i mean we we're seeing that we're seeing um star wars eclipse um mm-hmm. i personally always like to see gameplay i cinematic reveals are cool um but i'm going to hold my i'm going to you know hold my judgment until i can see what it's like and if it's going to be something that i uh i think i'll like
0: yeah we didn't get game play for this and i haven't even played the first one which is that should just be my catchphrase um the alan wake 2 like trailer teaser was very creepy and the jump scare got me
1: same yeah <laughs> so yeah, me too. like i would <laughs> hate to be in the theater
0: <laughs> if you uh, can get yeah. me on a jump scare then you know what i'm hooked <laughs> it's it's also remedies like it's their first survival horror game um Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for that. I need to go back and play the first one. I've only played Control, which is, like, set in the same universe. Um, But that one was really cool. Hellblade 2 had me in tears, because it's me, and Hellblade is one of my favorite games ever. (laughs) Which, that one, I, did they say or confirm, like, was that gameplay? It was like, or was it like a cross between?
2: It looked a lot like gameplay, if you ask me. It looked like, it reminded me a lot of um, when they did, I think, the gameplay reveal for Final Fantasy VII Remake, where it was mm. a straight mm. sweep from a cutscene into gameplay, and you could not tell the difference until you were, like, the camera was, like, following Cloud. Yes, um, that's right. So I, I get I get, I get, that vibe a little bit. Um, and if that's how it is, it's going to be seamless and incredible. <laughs> I know. What nicer things can you
1: say of like a gameplay or like you know a, a game showcase than like I can't tell if it's gameplay or not? And I had to go. I I rewatched certain bits of the game wars after they finished because my friends and I were kind of talking over them. Mm-hmm. I, and and Keeley did say this was gameplay. So, okay. yeah, Ninja Theory just really <laughs> you know raising the bar. Uh, what a what a way to start the show.
0: Knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. I, God, I'm so excited <laughs> for that. I mean, even okay. This is also us, but the Ark Raiders game. That trailer, just everything. Oh, it just that's my niche is like player versus environment, like shooters that have like a space aspect to them. I, sci-fi is me all the way. Um, so that one, I just I liked the aesthetic. I liked the the cinematic trailer for it
1: yeah like definitely a bit biased because they're both client games but two (laughs) games i hadn't heard that were revealed more or less at the game awards nightingale and Mm -hmm. arc raiders um like talk about a cool mix of cinematic and actual actually showing gameplay uh to a degree that still leaves you asking questions so like you know whether it's arc raiders these giant beasts that you'll be fighting or i guess you could say the same for nightingale these big (laughs) mythical beasts that you'll be Mm -hmm. fighting it, it both had me thinking like, Oh, these are multiplayer like type experiences I haven't seen done before.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. They're, they're both really interesting. And you raise a good point, Sam, that there is like still a lot that people are wondering about, you know, they, though you leave a, a trailer like that wanting more and that teases us up to our, do our job really well. So, you yeah. know,
1: exactly. That's what you want to do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Actually,
0: the- This morning, I was procrastinating and on TikTok, which is (laughs) typical. I feel like it's like my morning routine is to eat breakfast and go on TikTok. But I saw Nightingale. It was on a Cozy Games TikTok page, which is not a game that I would have, like, off the bat been like, oh, yeah, this is a cozy game. But they, (laughs) like, sold it as something that's a cozy game. And I'm like, yep, I'm going to play it. And I'm going to put myself in a really soft blanket and drink tea and play this game.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds lovely. Yeah. So
1: we've done a lot of talking about the reveals. We did talk about the game of the year winner, uh, but Caitlin, you teed up this conversation asking about like, you know, if there was anything the game awards can improve next year. And I think always like the hottest button issue coming out of the game awards is were there enough awards? Um, I don't know if you two, I know this is a very like, kind of uh, perhaps overdone conversation, Um, but I didn't know if either of you two had any perspectives you wanted to share on that matter.
0: Uh, I don't care if it's overdone. I think it's a conversation that needs to keep happening until I think it improves. Um, I, for a game, I don't know if it's, it's not so much as are there enough awards. I think there's more than enough awards. I think the people who win those awards aren't allocated enough time to like mm. properly get to express how they feel to really like to celebrate them and the teams that made these, ga- make these games for 30 seconds for all these like pretty major awards just doesn't feel like a lot of a ta- lot of time. Um, but I know it's, I don't know. It's one of those, like you got to tiptoe the line where it's a huge, award show that costs money and you have to have sponsors so you have to give them time but at the at the same times you should be honoring these people and I would like to see them have more time
2: yeah I, I agree with that I um the way I like to think about it is you know the the film and television and music award shows I mean they've been around so much longer and therefore they can dedicate all of that time to the folks that win the awards, but I rarely think of, like, a brand-new trailer for this or, you know, Mm -hmm. this new announced that. Like, this person just dropped a single. Like, I you know, you don't see that at those other award shows, and it's a different kind of show, I think. Um, Now, I think viewership's falling for some of those more traditional shows. Um, Mm -hmm. So... We may see some more of that in the future but yeah it's it's hard it's hard because you know this has become such an important moment in the um the calendar year for the industry in terms of uh, announcing stuff um it's 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 like this and summer and <laughs> uh, a lot of i mean a lot of people are doing their own isolated shows now so it's breaking the mold a little bit more but you know this has become an important event to tee up for the following year but at the same time i agree with you caitlin that it'd be it'd be nice to give some of the folks that put so much of their time and energy into making these great games get to talk about the games that they make and get their get their due
0: yeah i think something that i think like the oscars and the golden globes i think a lot of them do well is They'll have this, the main stage where someone gets their award, they have time to talk. And then when they go behind like backstage when they're talking to press, they get more time to like actually talk about it. And then those clips are put on social media. Um, you don't get as many viewers, but you at least get more time to talk about your game and the work that went into it. And I know a lot of people like me who like, we, we want to hear from these people. We want to know, like, were there any, like, um, hardships with making this game that they want to touch on? Like, just, we want to hear from them, and we don't get enough of that at the awards show.
2: I, I hope that that's a little bit less the case when we're fully back in person to stuff. Knock on wood. Um, you know, I... I really haven't been in the industry for all that long so I can't I can't speak to really many other events but I would imagine it be pretty similar like folks just you know go to the awards someone wins and then you know they're around for an interview afterwards and I think there's an opportunity for folks like us the PR people to you know maybe set some of that stuff up once once it's safe mm-hmm. and clients and press are all you know excited and willing to get back to those events to say hey you know if we win this award or not we're around to chat um yeah. but on, only time will tell if uh if and when that comes back
0: <laughs> oh don't make me sad I want I'm sorry <laughs> I want to hope that things will go back to normal but they, they aren't, will so <laughs> I'm gonna be pessimistic
2: no, one of these well, days. I'm... You gotta 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 <laughs> and a gotta gotta take it on a high note, you know.
0: <laughs> I feel like I've been optimistic for the past two years and we're still in this thing.
2: Hope sometimes is all we have.
0: I know. Um, okay. Well, yeah, speaking of things, I don't know, things we wanna change or things we're seeing um with the game awards, I also wanna talk about a little bit as the ga- of the game industry as a whole. Um what we would like to see with the game industry or what we anticipate we will either continue or what will be new um i can start with like one thing is one positive thing to come out of the pandemic since i'll be i'll be positive here for a moment is i feel like the video game industry has had a really nice boom um more and more people seem to be getting into video games. I personally have had friends who like, for the first time they've bought an Nintendo Switch. They haven't played video games like their whole life, but you know, we're home, they don't know what to do. And they're like, you know what? I want to play Animal Crossing with my friends. Um, so that's been, that's been exciting to see. And then you have games like Fortnite and Minecraft and Roblox who have kind of created these entire worlds for people to enjoy and they've crossed over into like the music and film industry we you have more celebrities who are like hey i play video games which you know what good for their pr teams for pushing that because i think it's just getting more people into it and it's i i don't know i i make i'm glad that there's more excitement for it i'm glad we're seeing more women in games um just speaking personally growing up that is not something that i saw that's not something I talked about growing up. Like, I grew up playing video games. Like, hand to God, three years old, and I'm <laughs> on the computer playing 101 Dalmatians Storybook. <laughs> 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 and have been playing ever since. But I don't know. It just wasn't something that I in school, it was like, yeah, I'm going to talk about video games because that wasn't seen as a cool thing. So that's what I'm excited for. I want to see more women, kids more accessibility. And I think we're seeing that.
1: Yeah, I to keep the positive train a chugging to piggyback off accessibility. uh, A a YouTube channel I recommend to everyone is a Game Makers Toolkit. Um, I think Mark Brown really does great work over there And a project he does every year is looking at the state of accessibility in video games. And uh, this year he he's released the 2021 entry. He looks at like the 20 biggest AAA games. Uh, and it's really cool to see, you know, how standardized certain changes have become, you know, really great subtitles, uh, control remapping, um, you know, t- uh, text-to-speech narration. Uh, of course, there's still so much work to be done, um, but it's really neat seeing, Especially companies like Microsoft really making it a part of their brand and prioritizing accessibility across all games, whether it's from like Forza and Flight uh, Simulation or Simulator, uh, all the way to something, you know, a bit more intense like Halo Infinite. So I agree that I think we're going to see a lot more of that Uh, and see that in the press as well. Like there were a lot of spokespeople from Able Gamers and um, you know, a few more, like, independent folks that I saw on IGN and Kind of Funny and GameSpot. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's really cool that that's getting a more mainstream uh, exposure as well.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you called that like, Forza Horizon and Halo. And I, that's something I noticed this year is, like, all the new games that I've played immediately start out. Like, before you can even do anything, it starts out with accessibility features, which just... That helps everybody like
1: yeah like i i um am not disabled like you know in any formal way mm-hmm. uh but i turn subtitles on like i, I used to have to dig i remember t- a decade ago having to dig through game menus like is it under video is it under audio is it and then but nowadays it's just like there at the very beginning for a lot of games and that's that's awesome
0: yeah I love it. Also a big fan of subtitles, which (laughs) much to my family's dismay is I have to watch everything with subtitles and they think it's distracting. (laughs) I will convert them one day, I promise.
1: (laughs) Another positive change, uh, when you mentioned, you know, the pandemic uh, in terms of gaming that I think we're going to see, I don't know how much of, but work from home and work life changes in the games industry we read uh, for our Triple Point Book Club this year, Jason Trier's Press Reset, um, which is all about how tumultuous the state of development and um, gaming employment is. And just this year, we're seeing whether it's companies like Young Horses and uh, Square Enix Montreal implement four-day work weeks. Now, the ones that are implementing work from home, those slip my mind because I'm sure there's still a lot doing that. Uh, whether they remain permanent will remain to be seen. But I think that's going to become more commonplace as well.
0: Well, there's even ones that have started since the pandemic. Like new um, companies that like, we're a brand new company. We're fully remote. I want to say Dr. Disrespect's like new company is like, like fully remote. It's like Midnight Society. Like that's a brand new um triple A game studio. I'm pretty sure they're fully remote. I'm glad to see a variety and work cultures also get rid of the crunch. As much as I want Hellblade 2, I can wait another year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How about you, Brad? Anything that you want to see or anything that you expect to see in the industry?
2: I've got to echo the same point that you both raised about seeing more Accessibility in gaming and especially accessibility in gaming coverage. I think that
1: Mm
2: -hmm. it's getting a lot more eyes now, a lot more visibility, but, um, you know, it can always improve. I've also been pretty happy to see since the pandemic started, you know, not just this year, but also in, in 2020, um, a lot more attention towards, um, games developed by, um, you know, black people, indigenous people, and people of color. Um, mm-hmm. Very happy to see that. Um, you know, a couple games that come to mind, like um, She Dreams Elsewhere or Errol Knights Never Yield. Um, you know, those games look awesome. I, um, And I'm glad that they're, you know, on the front of IGN and GameSpot. Yeah. And, you know, they're getting all of this time and these great features and a ton of interviews. And as they should, you know, there are some really talented developers out there that, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they're, they're getting what, you know, the attention that they deserve. Um, and I, I only hope that that continues. Um, Mm -hmm. I know, you know, we, we, we might get to, you know, maybe games that we're looking forward to in 2022. Um, one for me is, uh, um, Aztec Forgotten Gods. Um, that's, uh, from a, from a, um, a Mexican game developer, it's about, um, more or less if the mesoamerican culture had survived and was like the predominant thing now in like a more or less like tech futuristic sort of sense it's it's really interesting um the gameplay also just looks really cool to me it's like you know an action game so i really dig it but um
1: and that's called aztec forgotten
2: gods yeah, Aztec Forgotten Gods. So and that and, and I really mean cool. they they lean into the tech thing like it's spelled A Z T E C H instead of mm. A Z T E C, uh. which is a really is a is a really um really smart play in my opinion. Um but I mean I'm I'm always a fan of seeing more um more games from from Latin America, you know, South Central America or uh other regions that, you know, historically haven't gotten as much attention like, you know, a- America or um, Western Europe or Japan and Korea so yeah hope that that continues hope that we get to see more of those kind of games
0: agreed sort of the I don't know expand on that in a different way as well we I like the three of us may not need like cloud gaming um, I'll connect to this point eventually it's in my mind I'm <laughs> outlining it but yeah I Something I think we're going to see is improvement in cloud gaming and more accessibility. So more and more people having access to games because at the end of the day, game consoles are really expensive and not everybody can afford it or not everybody just wants to spend money on that for a game that they might just play one game. Um, So I I want to see improvements there. I think that's happening or going to happen and it will become more popular especially with things like Starlink being implemented, which cause like a huge problem in the U S that some people might not know is not everybody has access to high speed internet or even have internet like one in four U S households don't have an internet connection, which is a real problem. And sometimes that has to do with cost. A lot of it also has to do with they live in rural areas and they just don't have the infrastructure set up. Um, and speaking from experience i have family in a more rural area of missouri they don't have high speed internet but we just got starlink there which if you i guess aren't familiar with starlink it's a satellite constellation network which is operated by spacex and their goal is to have internet everywhere but we've tried it out in missouri in a rural area of missouri at Missouri, and we now have high-speed internet, and my family has started gaming when they hadn't before because they didn't have access to it. Um, so, I, I'm just, I hope we see more of that. And you know what? Just the more gamers, the better. Just we need to build our army, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll take over.
2: Gamers rise up.
1: Gamers <laughs> rise up.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's really that's really awesome caitlin that that more your family's able to play games now they're able to to access those through some of the technological advancements that are being made it's really cool
0: yeah my uh it's a weird situation my dad lives part sometimes he lives in missouri sometimes he lives here in michigan my stepmom lives in missouri my dad is a huge world of warcraft player but he can only do that when he's in michigan until now now he actually has high-speed internet in Missouri. He can play. He, uh, It's a family thing. He plays with his brother, my uncle. Um, I listen to them every night. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cute. But yeah, that's, I don't know. That's what I'm looking forward to in the industry for games. I guess we can end on, I know we've kind of touched on it, but we can end on games we're really looking forward to. And I feel like I have talked about most of them. I don't think Hellblade will come out next year. But that is probably my, like, number one game. Um, personally, I think I'm really looking forward to Gotham Knights. Now we were talking about superhero games. That one just looks cool. I really like the team that's behind that in Montreal.
1: Caitlin, Witch so Gotham Knights for those who aren't familiar is the next game for the WB Montreal team. Uh, it's about kind of Batman's like uh, apprentices, you know, taking yeah. up the mantle now that Batman's gone. Which character are you most excited to Ooh. play as?
0: Night Nightwing.
1: Ooh, nice. Nice. Yep.
0: I'm a I'm a Dick Grayson fangirl. And he he's my character.
2: Brad, is is there one you're excited about can not I c I can't I can't I can't pick one. I mean <laughs> I, I like I like getting to play, you know, a bunch of different ones. You know, different. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm always I'm always a fan of of games that give you some different gameplay options like that. So yeah, I'll try them all out.
1: Yeah, I uh I my favorite superhero. <laughs> strangely, is uh, Tim Drake's Robin, because it was uh, the the first comic book I ever read growing up. And it was, you know, it was cool, like being like eight and being like, oh, man, a a boy can be Boy Wonder, you know, like, yeah, um, so I am very also uh, excited for this game. And I think Red Hood will add some nice like gameplay variety with gunplay and Batgirl looks to be very acrobatic. So uh, I'm very excited for this one.
0: I, I really like Batgirl's costume. I'll I'll probably try them all. I know I'll definitely play, like, Nightwing will be my favorite. Um, I love that Tim Drake is your favorite. I love the sassy, Henri uh, Damien.
1: <laughs> mm, nice. Robin,
0: it would be really cool if they had him in that game, but...
1: Maybe for a sequel or DLC.
0: Maybe. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> Someone let me play as Damien.
1: <laughs> Other games, we, we talked about Cuphead and Kill the Suicide Squad, or sorry, Kill the Justice League. <laughs> That's the subtitle for the Suicide Squad <laughs> game. Um, of course, if 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 it comes next year, I'm excited for Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever yes. it'll end up being called. Um, if we were to do like one game prediction for next year, and this is being very hopeful uh, I would not be surprised if Nintendo's E3, if especially E3 is back in person, uh, is like, you know, Nintendo likes to center their E3s around one game. Selfishly, I kind of hope it's around the Breath of the Wild sequel and that it's their big fall game, but there's a lot of ifs.
0: <laughs> it is.
2: That is a, that is a big That is a big if. I feel like if they had to put all their, you know, attention to one game and have it kind of center E3 for them... We know Splatoon three is coming out this year. Great point. Great point. I mean, even what we've seen so far is almost nothing. I'm already excited. So (laughs) even more post. It's like Mad Max Splatoon. Yeah, (laughs) literally so cool. It's uh, yeah. Mad uh,
1: Max Fury Squid.
0: (laughs) I until Nintendo gives me another port remake of Twilight Princess, (laughs) I'm just unhappy.
2: I'm just waiting for Mother Sad. Three, so oh, I know,
1: right? <laughs> Yeah, I think the HD ports of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess are coming. I think it'll just be like when Nintendo needs like a release. Uh, I know. that's always That's always the theory about the Metroid Prime trilogy is that that's just ready, and they're just sitting on it for when Prime <laughs> Four is like about a year out. I don't know if I buy that, but I like to think it is true.
0: <laughs> that would be cruel. <laughs> they're just sitting on it, cause, oh, yeah. That's it. oh, actually, this is what a random game that popped in my head. I'm excited for Stray, that yes. Anna Prierna, the where plays a cat.
1: Oh yeah, that looks really cute. Yeah, and it's cool because it's like set in like a Blade Runner style yeah. <laughs> location.
0: <laughs> it's just what a unique, funky little game, and I'm here for it.
1: Two other small games I'm excited for are Tunic, um, which was in the Game Awards pre-show. That's the cute little fox uh, Zelda-like, which has been shown for a really long time now. A very toyetic, uh, vibrant art style that comes out in March. I'm excited for that. And then another even more vibrant art style, uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, the (laughs) Jet Set Radio spiritual Mm -hmm. sequel from... The guys behind lethal league uh that was at the last nintendo indie direct not this last one but the one before that uh very stylish roller skating game excited about it
2: Mm, yeah that one looks cool i um i know we already talked a little bit about nintendo or a lot of it about nintendo but (laughs) i'm personally excited for uh kirby and the forgotten lands i think i got that title right um i think so which is another like okay cool like world ends apocalypse sort of thing like like, Kirby already went through the ringer for Smash Bros. Like, when everyone was, you know, turned into spirits, like, you sent him, you sent him into a, a, a broken world again. But no, I, I'm a 3D Kirby game it has been something that I've wanted since I was a child. So I, um, yeah, I'm very excited for that. That'll be a day one.
0: I forgot about that game.
2: That was on my list too. I'm super,
1: it, you know, I feel like I love Kirby games, but I feel like, you know, we've been kind of playing in the same sandbox for the last several generations. So like you, Brad, I'm very interested to see what a, like a true 3D Kirby game looks like.
0: I uh, My favorite Kirby game was Kirby Air Ride. Oh,
1: <laughs> <Aww. laughs> Such a I good one. Like
0: I feel didn't, like I didn't play like the typical Kirby games and I just, I loved Air Ride, but I had like two younger brothers so I could, play with and a friend just I don't know I give me a remake of that (laughs) I'll play for hours (laughs) all right well I think that wraps up this episode we covered some fun topics and I don't know I'm excited for 2022 I know you guys are and until then we will take a break and I hope you guys have a great holiday and we'll be back in January
2: it'll be a good year Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks.